precious that you have people who love you, who care about you, who pray for you. Isn't that awesome? Amen. That's what a church is. A church is your family. Amen. So take ownership of your church. Amen. Winning the war within. This is such a powerful word that the Lord has given us this morning. Amen. It's so powerful. Praise the Lord. Amen. So make sure that you take notes. Make sure that you be sanctified by the word of God as you listen to it. Amen. The word of God sanctifies us and make sure that we are being transformed all the time from glory to glory. That we don't stay stagnant. We're being transformed. Let's go to Luke chapter 17 verse 21. Luke 17 21. You know, where's the kingdom? Where's the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus answered it very clearly. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. So that tells me how important you are and how important I am. Say to yourself, I am very important. To God, to myself, and the people around me. Amen. Don't allow the devil to knock you down. You are very, very important. Amen. And you don't need anybody to affirm you of your importance. The word of God is enough to affirm you. So the kingdom of God is within you. So that's your place of rulership. That's how you rule. That's how you reign. Amen. Everything that is around you, the world that has... The world that is around you needs to be ruled and needs to be reigned over by you as the sons and the daughters of God, as the priests of God, as the judges of God, as the kings of God. Jesus is the king of kings. So who are those kings that he's ruling over? Lift up your hands if you know you are a king among his kings. Amen. We need to understand that the kingdom of God within you, that's your place of rulership, that's your place of leadership. Amen. You ring by the Lord Jesus Christ who lives on the inside of you, by the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of you. So the kingdom of God within you is your place of dominion. It's your place of dominion, and that's how you keep the devil under your feet. Amen. We need to understand that the devil wars against this kingdom. He does his best. He wants to rule over. He wants to knock it down. And he tries his hardest to demolish and to destroy this kingdom that Jesus has put on the inside of each and every one of his believers. The kingdom of God within you is your fortress. It's your high tower. It's your place of refuge. It's your base of operations. You are the army of God. You are a kingdom warrior. There is a kingdom on the inside of you. There's a fortress on the inside of you. There's a high tower on the inside of you. There is a base of operations on the inside of you. The kingdom of God within you matters greatly. Especially when it comes to winning spiritual battles, spiritual warfares. Especially when it comes to taking authority over the devil, over all of his traps and snares. Especially when it comes to laying hold of your God-given inheritance in Christ Jesus. 
uh, your inheritance includes health and healing. Amen. How many of you say amen to that? Health and healing, provisions, divine guidance, God's plan for your life. The word of God says that I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Amen. The word of God says that with long life, he will satisfy you, satisfy you and show you his salvation. Amen. Your God-given inheritance also includes your calling, your assignments, your protection, your preservation, the favor of God, the blessings of God, not only for you, but for your children and your children's children down to thousands of generations. Can we say amen? So it's just like a business person who needs to keep looking at his books to see how his business is doing. So it's important for us to ask ourselves these questions. How's the kingdom of Jesus Christ working within me? How's the kingdom within me doing? The kingdom within you, is it strong or is it wobbly? Is it solid or is it wavering? Is it guarded, fortified, or unattended and neglected? Is it full of light and full of joy or is it clouded, dark? And sorrowful. What's the condition of the kingdom within me? Is it being occupied and busy with petty matters? Or is it entangled with opinions, arguments, quarrels? Or is it being trained, equipped, and guarded, ready to invade the enemy, the devil, ready to defend the interests of the king and to expand his kingdom? Can we say amen? One more time, where's the kingdom of God? Within you. Let's look at Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to 21. Luke 17, 20 to 21. When Jesus was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. Not on the outside, not external. Neither shall they say, lo here, lo there, for behold, that means look, behold means look, behold means look, 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 the kingdom of God is within you. Our eyes are very important. What are you looking at? Where are you looking at? Eyes. Behold, behold, God took Abraham out. And he asked him, look up, behold, look at the stars, behold, you know, don't be influenced by what's happening around you. Don't look at what's happening around you and lose the vision which is above you. How many of you get this? Don't look around and miss what's above. Remember last Sunday's sermon. You must be born from above and we must stay above. Amen. How does the devil wage war against you? Now, sometimes we think, how silly is that? You know, why would the devil think that he can attack God? But here's that silly. 
<laughs> and if you're not careful, he will attack you so that he thinks he can attack God. So how does the devil wage war against the kingdom that is within you? Look at Psalm 13, verse 2. How many of you know that we live in Australia? And if Australia is under attack, we will be in trouble. How many of you know that it's your duty to rise up and defend your nation and your country when it's under attack? How many of you would say that? And we just sitting down and watching the news and criticizing Scott Morrison and criticizing all the cabinet, whoever's in the government, it's not going to help. Your words are no good. Criticisms are no good. Not good for you and not good for those that you're criticizing. Because you're creating an atmosphere for the enemy to attack them and attack you at the same time. A critical spirit is not the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that very, very well. And to have that grounded and rooted on the inside of us. Say to the person next to you, a critical spirit is not the Holy Spirit. Whether you're critical against your spouse, critical against your friends, critical against your children, no, 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 no. It's time for us to drop it. Can we say amen? Drop it. Come on, say it with me. Drop it. Psalm, and, oh, Psalm 13 verse 2. This is David speaking. He said, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? Where should you take your counsel? In your spirit, not in your soul. So that's why he was tormented with sorrows and griefs. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? Let me ask you a question. Is this the way that God wants us to live? Being sorrowful all the time? Being sad all the time? Is this the way that God wants us to live? Absolutely no. No. Having sorrow in my heart daily. How long? Why was he sorrowful? Why was he sad? Why? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Here's the reason. Because the enemy had been exalted over him. What did Jesus say? Where should the position of the enemy be? Under your feet. Remember, sorrows will bring sickness. Sorrows will bring pain to your body. Sorrow will confuse your mind. I mean, this has been proven medically. Being sorrowful is no good for your heart. And that's why God has said, God had allowed, even when it comes to funerals, even when it comes to people's death, God said, you only be sorrowful for that time. That's it. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength, not the sorrows. And he puts, he says, put off, put off the clothes of mourning, put on the garments of praise. Amen. How do we enter into the courts of the Lord? With praise. With praise. With rejoicing. Let me ask you another question. Is depression from the Holy Spirit? No. No. Whatever is not from God, you need to resist it and cast it out. Can we say amen? 
It's very important that we know that. So here, what's happening with David? He had an accurate diagnosis. He had an accurate diagnosis of his spiritual condition by the Holy Spirit. When something goes wrong with your life, you need to be like a doctor. Check where, what's on the inside. Not check him or her, you know, who is around you, but check what's within you. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So check what's on the inside of me. What's happening to my base? What's happening to where I fight? I need to fight from my from my base, the kingdom. So here David had an accurate diagnosis of his spiritual condition. This is so, so powerful. And this is how we win our battles. The most important person that we need to know. Guess who that is? Not someone else. The most important person that you know is not your spouse. You need to know is yourself. You need to know how you're doing spiritually. How am I doing spiritually? How am I doing mentally? Is my mind always on problems, 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 problems? Is my mind always on people's problems, 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 problems? Or is my mind on the Lord? Answers, solutions, light, brightness, sunshine. Can we say amen? Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. This is so powerful. So don't be religious. Don't be religious. How do I know that I'm religious? Is when I don't have an answer. All that I have is just problem. Everything that I'm thinking of is just problem. And I have no answer. And I become so mad. And I become so sad. You know how I learned this lesson? (laughs) Because I have gone through times when I sobbed and I cried so bad that it hurt my heart. And I could literally sense that something's happening to my heart. And the Holy Spirit warned me against it. And he said, you better stop it. That's how I knew. And from that time on, I put a stop. Why? Because Jesus said, guard your heart. For out of it flows the sorrows of life. Out of it flows the problems of life. Out of it flows the issues of life. You must guard your heart. You must guard your heart from the attacks of the enemy. Because your heart, once it's attacked, that's the end of you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And that's why Jesus pointed to us the importance of guarding our heart. Amen. So don't be religious and don't be presumptuous. But be discerning by the Holy Spirit. Don't come to a conclusion without the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Holy Spirit will always help us in the process. The Holy Spirit will not make a conclusion which is negative. For us, can we say amen? Say with me, accuracy is the key. One more time, accuracy is the key. You don't want to go to a doctor who gives you a wrong diagnosis. 
You don't want to go to a doctor who tells you there's something bad with your eyes because of this problem. And the next time you go to meet that doctor and they tell you that is another problem. Say, say with me, accuracy is the key. And who can be more accurate than the Holy Ghost? He knows you. Nobody knows you better than your spirit. That's why you need to take time and listen to your spirit. Not to your soul, to your spirit. How many of you can tell the difference between your soul and your spirit? Lift up your hands. Your soul is very loud. Your soul operates by your five physical senses. Your spirit is quiet on the inside. Your spirit speaks the word of God. Your spirit speaks from God's perspective. Your spirit is the voice of victory. It's the tongue of victory. So listen to the spirit, your born again spirit, and listen to the Holy Spirit who operates in your spirit, not in your soul. It's very important. And get the correct, accurate diagnosis of your situation, your physical issue, whatever is happening to you. Go to Second Chronicles chapter sixteen, verse Second uh, Chronicles chapter sixteen, verse twelve. Now I want you to have a have a look at this person called Asa. Asa is one of the kings of Israel, and if you've read your Bible, you know him. He did very well in his younger days. He did very well in his younger days. And in fact, you know, the Lord praised him and the Lord also helped him. But then you'll read this. And Asa, in the 39th year of his reign, the 39 years of his reign, what happened? He was deceased in his feet. Probably he had gout. He was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. And yet, in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. What is the Lord telling us? Is all the alternatives to the voice of God the word of God, the way of God, because of all those alternatives that he was digging his grave early. He was digging an early grave after 35 years of living a good life and an upright life. After living, serving the Lord for 35 years, he fell from grace in the time of his old age. We need to be paying attention. We need to be paying attention. Is God saying that you shouldn't go to doctors? That's not what he's saying. If you're having pain, go to the doctor. You know, if you're having pain, take your medication. But that should not be your help all the time. That should not be an alternative to you when it comes to believing God for healing. There are Christians, they do not know how to believe God for healing because they just get used to going to the doctors and the pharmacy. You know what I'm talking about? If God is not real in your daily living, you are just religious. 
What's the difference between religion and the truth? The word truth can be translated as reality. God is my daily reality. God is real to me. When I need a parking, I see his supply. When I need healing, I see his healing. When I need comfort, I have his comfort. When I need money, I have his money. When I need to know my way, he shows me his way. God is involved in all the nitty-gritty details of our lives. That's how we practice the word. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We don't go to those alternatives. It's okay. God does not want you to stay in pain. If you need be, then go to the doctors, you know, take the medication, Panadol, whatever. But you don't rely on them. You must quickly get back to the knowledge of God so that when the next time the devil hits you, it may not be your knees, it may be your back, it may be your arm, it may be your shoulder. You know how to fight back. Yes, come on, say with me, fight back. Win my battles. Hallelujah. This is so important. It is very sad that people don't go to God until they are driven to. Doctors can help you. Doctors can help me. What do I do? I need to pray. Oh, has it gone to so bad? What about like COVID-19? New sicknesses, new diseases. Doctors can help you. There is no medication available. The pharmacy, they can help you. Nobody can help you. What are you going to do? What about the economy collapses and money has become of no value? What are you going to do? Where's my God? Where's my king? We need to practice, practice, practice. Getting our assistance from the Lord. We need to practice living dependent on him. Can we say amen? Amen. It's so, so important. Hallelujah. Amen. Practice receiving answers from the Lord, from his word all the time, as if there were no doctors, no surgeons, no psychologists, no ultrasound, no money. You ask me for how long until eternity comes. Until eternity comes. All the alternatives will steal your faith in the Lord. Asa served God so many years. Did not seek the Lord when he was sick. Fell from grace. In the latter years of his life. Continue to read verse 12. And Asa in the 30 and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord but to the physicians. Move on. Continue. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in one of the 40th year of his reign. Verse 14. And they buried him in his own sepulchers. 
read this with me, which he had made for himself in the city of David. You know, he was so preoccupied with himself. He's like narcissistic. Have you heard of narcissism? What does it mean? Somebody who falls in love with himself. All that he can see is just himself. He was so preoccupied with himself. He prepared his own grave. Not only did he dig his own grave, he prepared his own grave. And laid him in the bed which was filled with sweet, odorous, and diverse kinds of spices prepared by the apothecaries. He had been so influenced by Egypt. He had been so influenced by Egypt. He had been so influenced by Egypt. He had been so exalted because of his position as the king that he fell completely, totally, fell completely, totally from grace. That's not a good ending. That's not a good ending. And they made a very great burning for him. Can you see that? It's not good. How quickly his heart was taken by the spirit of Egypt, by the world around him. That's why it's so important that you watch what you're looking at, whom you're listening to. Especially if they call themselves Christians. And they're not believing God for anything. Everything they need, they go to the world for. They exalt the world's answer high and above the Bible's answers. Because your heart, without you knowing it, can be swayed away from God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 to 7. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 7. And remember, God's word does not scold us. God's word does not chastise us to the extent that, you know, God is just having a go at you, telling you how bad you are. Is God like that? No, God's word is instructional. God's word is cleansing. God's word is equipping us. God's word opens our eyes so we can see the problems and we can fix them. Can we say amen? And we can be changed and we can be sanctified and we can be promoted from glory to glory. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And don't worry about not meeting God's standard. Jesus has already met his standard for all of us. Can we say amen? Give the Lord a big hand of praise for Jesus. Jesus has met God's standard and he has put the victory on the inside of you and me. Amen. So if you look at Jeremiah chapter 17, that saith the Lord, curse. The word curse means cannot prosper. Cannot prosper. Cannot be promoted. Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh, human wisdom, people's way of doing things, his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. And this is something that is so dangerous. You can be so used to hearing to the, hearing the voice of the people around you. You can be so used hearing the, to uh, hearing the voice of the world. That before you know it, that voice becomes so habitual. That voice becomes so familiar. 
you like it. Because you're listening to it all the time. And you get used to it. And you like it. And it becomes the norm to you. It becomes what's right to you. And you're confused on the inside. And the world becomes more and more attractive. And the world becomes more and more reasonable. The world becomes more and more profitable. I just go to church because just to be religious. So my conscience towards God feels better. You are on your way to destruction if you think and feel like that. Are you listening to me, church? It's very important. We know that. For he shall not see goodness when good comes. Look at verse 6. For he shall be like the, like uh, verse 6. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit. Inhabit means live there. Live there. Inhabit. Inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not be inhabited. Nothing's wrong with me. It's always something wrong with my spouse. Nothing's wrong with me. Always something wrong with my kids. Nothing's wrong with me. Always something wrong with my boss. Nothing's wrong with me. Always something wrong with my colleagues. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't even know, can't see. So blinded. That's very bad. We don't want to be like that. Say to the person next to you, you don't want to be like that. What do I call that? I call that spiritual poverty. Spiritual poverty. That means you think you are very rich, but you are spiritually so poor. You can't see the answer. Coming to church is just a duty. Coming to church is just an obligation. You feel bad when you're not here. You should feel good. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. I love to come to church. I'm so happy that I have a church that I can go to. I'm so happy that I have a God that I can go to. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. The worst place is when you have no answers and you can't see. Look at uh, verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river. Spreads out. Come on, say with me. Spread out. He shall not see heat when it comes. I am blinded to problems. Why? Because all the problems will become answers as soon as God touches them. All the problems become answers as soon as I pray. Glory be to God. Can you see that? Shall not see when heat comes, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. You know, sometimes we can get so, wor- we can get so used to worries. And you feel bad that how come I'm not worried about it? I remember when I experienced healing, you know, my son was having a high fever. And I heard a voice that said to me, you're a bad mom. How come you don't even worry? And I said, oh, yeah, I, I should be worried, right? And the Holy Ghost said, rebuke it. That's the devil talking to you. <laughs> Look at this. Shall not be careful in the year of drought. No worries, mate. My God is taking good care of me. Amen. And he's the one to give me answers. He's the one to open doors. Glory be to God. Amen. How do I know that I'm in faith? It's when I do not 
worry. Amen. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. You're busy serving God. You're busy serving Him. And you're enjoying yourself serving Him. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. I want you to look at verse 9. Let's look at verse 9. The heart is deceitful. Talking about the human heart. Above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? Who can know your heart better than yourself? Who can know your heart better than your spirit? Who can know your heart better than the Holy Ghost? That's why you must have, you and I must have a quiet time with the Holy Ghost. You must have a quiet time with the Holy Spirit. Read your Bible early in the morning. Read your Bible before you go to bed at night. We cannot afford not have not to have sanctification. You cannot afford not to be sanctified on a consistent basis. How many of you know that if you don't take a shower, your body smells? You may not smell it. I remember my nephew, you know, who was uh, playing soccer. You know what he did? After he had done his soccer, he used a a bottle of deodorant. (laughs) If we don't take a shower, our bodies smell. (laughs) So if we don't take a shower spiritually, our spirit smells. Your soul becomes loud. Your soul becomes so loud. And your soul can drown the voice of your spirit. Let's look at First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. We're talking about maintenance issues here. <laughs> Say to the person next to you, Pastor Dora is talking about maintenance issues. <laughs> we need to do maintenance, okay? <laughs> First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Listen to the heart of Peter. Listen to his heart. What did he say? Dearly beloved. Listen to his heart. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. Wow, that's how much he loves us. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. The word lust is a Greek word, epithemia. Epithemia means desires, cravings, longings for what is forbidden. Lust means rebellion, which is the nature of Lucifer, the nature of the devil. There's a rebellion that wars against the human soul. The devil is the prince of rebellion. And he wants to introduce that rebellion into you and into me against God. We need to understand it. And that war of rebellion wants to take us captive, wants to devour our born-again spirit, wants to dominate us, and wants to make a slave of us. 
inferiority, the voice of inferiority, the voice of self-doubt, the voice of pride, the voice of stubbornness on the inside of the old man, the old self that tries to drown the voice of your new creature in Christ Jesus. The lust to be just like everybody else. Give me a king when it's not the will of God to give them a king. The lust to be like everybody else instead of to be like Jesus. Forming gangs and cliques. Striving to defend ourselves, to exalt self-interest, our feelings, our opinions, our experiences over and above the word of God, God's holy word, over and above serving people. The lust to criticize, to judge instead of to intercede. The lust for vindications instead of the desire to forgive. The voice of unbelief in the old man versus the voice of faith and revelation in the new creature in Christ Jesus. Despair, the temptation to give up, to quit against the voice of the new creature, the voice of resilience, the voice of hope, which never, never fails. The mean and harsh spirit against a gentle and a kind spirit. A stingy and a hoarding mindset, habit, attitude of fear instead of a generous, giving, blessing and sowing spirit of the new man. The sense evidences against the vision, the promise of faith. A rebellious spirit against a meek and a submissive spirit in your new man. Self-efforts of the old man instead of surrendering and submitting to the leading of the Holy Spirit in the new man. A mental way of doing things and seeing things instead of living a spiritual way of being led and guided by the Holy Spirit. I want to make things happen instead of waiting on God. Being sense-ridden and sense-driven and sense-rude instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. So can you discern between the voice of the new creature and the voice of the old man? These are the signposts that we need to know. We need to understand That the old man wants to rise up like a vampire and devour you. But your job and my job is to keep the old man dead and buried. Silent. Silent. The voice of the old man. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. And nobody can do this but you. Nobody can do it for you but yourself. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. But let it be, let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of a great price. It's talking about our born-again spirit. That's talking about our born-again spirit. How to win the war within? Two. I'm giving you two keys. Number one. Why do we have to win the war within? If you lose the war within, you lose the war outside of you. We need to be disentangled so that we have the freedom 
to win the battles. We need to be strong on the inside so that we can defeat the devils on the outside. Battles, battles must be won on the inside first before they can manifest on the outside. That's why Jesus said, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Two very important keys. Number one, your word level must increase. Say to the person next to you, your word level must increase. You must know the word of God in different departments. The word of God to do with healing and health. The word of God to do with divine prosperity and provision. The word of God to do with Loving your neighbor as yourself. The word of God to do with how to follow the Holy Spirit. How to have divine guidance. The word of God that deals with holiness, sanctification. We must know all the departments. Truth versus ignorance. Deception and uncertainty. Uncertainty is not of God. God wants us to be very clear. We must have revelation and experiential knowledge, not mental assent and not head knowledge. You can sing all the songs that you want, but when it comes to the nitty gritty, when the rubber meets the road, is whether you have victory in your life. Can we say amen? Amen. Victory is not coming from the world because they are not eternal. Victories that come from God. So give first place to the word of God. Nothing but the word. Keep building the word of God within you until rhema comes. Keep building the word of God within you until light. Until the light comes. The light breaks. And you know and you know that the darkness within you has been shattered. That's how I know. That's how I know the punch comes from the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Ghost punch, you can hit and hit the devil how many times you want, but you can knock him down because the punch of the Holy Ghost is what we need. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So when the rhema word comes to you, it gives you the authority. It gives you the dominion. Healing becomes stronger than the doctor's report. Amen. It's so, so important. When sickness comes, when you feel pain in your body, right away the word of healing talks to you. Amen. I remember when I was suffering from excruciating pain, I was calling the doctor, I was calling the specialist. The Holy Ghost said to me, have you forgotten me? And I said, no, no, no. And right away the Lord healed me. Can we say amen? Because you can do something that you become so used to. Because that's all the world thinks of when it comes to sickness, doctor, pharmacy. You can be conditioned without even knowing it. I had a brother who said to me when he was new in our church. He said, Pastor Dora, your your sermons are good, your teachings are good. But when it comes to health and healing, I will go to my doctor. I said, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. And then situations arise. Situations arose. And there came a time when the doctors couldn't help him. But God healed him. And God's healing is forever. God's healing is forever. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. What about Moses leading the Israelites 
And he did not for a moment think that the water would drown all the Israelites when they were crossing the Red Sea. When they were crossing the Red Sea, when Moses was looking at them, he did not fear. No, 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 no. We don't know when God would be angry and kill all the Israelites when they were crossing the Red Sea. You know, too many Christians think like that. God is angry with me. I don't know whether he will heal me. I don't know whether he will kill me or heal me. Don't think like that. Jesus had paid for all of your sin. And can I add one thing to, you, to it? And don't ever think that Pastor Dora will hate you. Because I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. It's just like, will you, would you ever think that your mom will hate you? Or maybe in the natural, but no, not in the spirit. So don't ever think that God will hate you. Don't ever think that he will kill you instead of healing you. Moses did not think like that. When they were crossing the Red Sea, Moses knew and knew and knew that as long as he obeyed God, that's my timer, as long as as he obeyed God, as long as he obeyed God, as, as long as he held up the rod, as long as his hands were held up, everything would be fine. Come on, say to the person next to you, everything will be fine. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so important. So what's the number one key? Increase your word level. Key number two, your character level must rise. Our character level must rise. When temptations, deceptions, all those things come when we are being provoked like Moses, that's a test of our character. That's a test of our character. That's when we know, that's when we know we still need to work on ourselves. Can we say amen? Is it okay to work on ourselves? Is it okay to work on ourselves? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So read the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. You know the word Beatitude? That means be those attitudes. (laughs) Be those attitudes and read Galatians, the fruit of the spirit and be and be the fruit of the spirit. So be careful that you don't become a rat running a rat race. Say no to yourself. I'm not in a rat race and I'm not becoming a rat. Amen. So what are the signs of victory? When the war is won on the inside, what do you have? Clarity. Clarity comes. Spiritual seeing, hearing, feeling, speaking, senses. All your spiritual senses start to arise. You become bright. You become cheerful. You become joyful. You are assured of your victory. Amen. And you put on the armor of God. Amen. You pray in the name of Jesus, knowing that victory is in that name. And you know that you are a believer. That's why you have authority over the devil. Amen. And you know that the blood of Jesus has already purchased you, has covered you. Amen. You know that you're in a covenant with the almighty God. Amen. You're not shaking. You know that you have a calling from God. You have all the gifts of the spirit operating in your life. Can we say amen? 
And over and above that level, you have the presence of God. You have the army of heaven, the angels surrounding you, fighting for you. You have the anointing. You have the glory all over you. And you walk in that bubble and you walk in that atmosphere. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can I ask you to stand with me? Amen. Hallelujah.